Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Crossroads Conversations. Uh, I'm Richard Kennedy, and I'm here with Robert Harmon. And man, today we're going to continue our Philippians study. You ready for this, Robert? I am ready. It's good. Ready, to, ready. It's good to see you today again and good to talk. And uh, we've had a couple of weeks where we were not in the studio. And so I'm glad to be back, glad to talk about the word and, and dive back into it. But I wanted to read this passage to us, and let's just dive into it and talk about it and let the Word transform us. And um, so this is Philippians 1, verses 12 through 18. The Apostle Paul writes, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Woo! What a good, what a good passage and convicting. And man, Paul is wow. The ability to say he's in prison, and he's he's saying that God is doing this. God has put me here so that the gospel of Christ would be advanced. Um, that's really convicting for me. How about you? It's really convicting for me, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, for Paul, man, he is... I mean, this dude sold out. Like, when... First of all, before he was... He was Saul when he was persecuting the church. And he was sold out to persecute the church. And then Jesus showed up to him, and he got saved and born again. And now the dude's sold out for Christ. And it's it's a really good example for us. Um, it's convicting to me because, in a good way, I, I mean that word convicting in a, in a positive light. I just mean it in the way of the dude is literally just constantly talking about Jesus. And the dude is full of the Spirit of God, full of power, and he's saying that the whole prison has gotten saved through the Holy Spirit's power in his in his in his ministry. Man, he's just he's saying, "I God has put me here so that I can proclaim gospel in the prison into the imperial book in the, into the to the imperial guard." That's pretty powerful, man. Yep, that is very very powerful. So. Here's what I want to talk about today, man. So the, Paul has this situation that's, I mean, life situation-wise, it's it's pretty pretty um, not desirable. The dude's in prison. And, I mean, the conditions in prison, who knows? Who knows what it was like in the in the... The prison conditions there. I mean, they, oh, it was probably uh, really, pretty, really rough. Pretty man. rough. Um, Pastor Brandon and I were just talking today about um, even prisons around here that there are some 
there can be some poor quality. Well, of, that's you know, you know, they're building the new prison down the road, and that's one of the deals they had to do is because they faced a lawsuit because the prisons didn't keep up with the systems and the time. You know, it's just like anything else. If you you can only put lipstick on a pig for so long, you know what I'm saying, and that's. You know, that's why they're having to build a new prison because they got lawsuits. And the lawsuits were, you know, because of, like, poor environments. Hmm. But back then, there was no doctors. There was no lawyers or whatever. It was just, you know, you, you, I mean, you sit back and look at, you know, look at how far we come in history <coughs> with air conditioners. Just imagine everybody back in the day just used to open their windows and let the draft throw through. And you imagine in the summertime how hot that is, especially in the south. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like. I Some of you listening may have been in prison or know someone, have a family member who's experienced <laughs> prison, but it it's, it isn't, it is just not a desirable life situation. And, and Paul... Um, there's this there's this mindset, this way of thinking where, you know, that some people adopt of the power of positive thinking. And I don't want to say that that's wrong. It's fine. This is, Paul is not doing the power of positive thinking. Paul's not just ignoring the fact that his life circumstance is really bad and focusing on the positives. Um. What he is doing is he's focusing on the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, he rejoices. And that's what's so encouraging about this text is Paul is saying that no situation can remove him from God's love and God's mission for him. Like, well, throw me in prison. Well, I'll, I'll minister there. The only way you're going to keep me from ministering is if you... <laughs> put him all by himself in solitary confinement. Even then he can still pray. Right. And it's like in Romans 8, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. But he's just saying, man, he re- at the very end it says, in that I rejoice. He's rejoicing, man. He's in prison and he's rejoicing. And But what's convicting to me is that he's in this bad life circumstance and he's not, he's not complaining. Obviously he wasn't comfortable, but he's not writing to the Philippians to complain to them. He's writing to them, telling them, how the kingdom of God is exploding in prison and the imperial guards are being saved. Like, he says all of them are being saved. He says, verse 14, most of the brothers, or sorry, 13, it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And that's what's so awesome. And look, this is God working in Paul's life. Right. But God wants to work in our lives too. If we will yield and submit to God and let the Holy Spirit do his work through us. There are people that we need to minister to, that we need to share the gospel with. But man, how I'm convicted because how often am I not I'm afraid that a lot of times I don't operate in faith and in the boldness of God and looking to how I can share the gospel. 
And that's why it's so convicting, but it's also encouraging because there's, it's regardless of life circumstance, God wants to use us for, to advance his kingdom, period. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I was trying to practice this, um, this, uh, this weekend. I have this, we live in a neighborhood and there's a, there's a fellow that, um, he comes into the neighborhood and, and looks for, for work, like yard work and stuff like that. So he'll always point out, you know, if my shrubs need to be head, uh, edged up or whatever. And he'll be like, Hey, so he noticed this, you know, one of my shrubs is dying. He's like, Hey man, your shrubs dying. You want me to dig it up for you? And he offered me a price and I was like, you know what? I'll take you up on it. So he's working and I'm standing out there, we're chatting and I'm, I'm looking up to the Lord, like in my heart, I'm going, all right, Lord, do you want me to minister to this guy in some way? Like, I'm just trying to learn to be obedient to the spirit and Hey, try to view this situation from a spiritual standpoint. Well, you should always <clears throat> want to minister and talk about God, period. I mean, I always do with everybody I talk to. They might not like it, but they're going to hear about it. You know, just start talking about it. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, it's just bold. It's bold. And so what I did was, but I'll tell you, to be honest, for me, there's this fear of being like socially weird or like being people thinking that, oh, he's a Bible thumper. I mean, yeah, to be honest, I mean, like you don't, and so that's a real thing for me that I have to pray for boldness, that I won't worry about being weird, but I'll just share the gospel. So what I did, I'm praying, I'm like, all right, I'm just looking for the Lord. I'm like, all right, do I need to say something? Like, you know, do I, I want to minister to him some way. I want to share the gospel if I need to. So what happened was he was digging up, what happened was these weeds, these big, huge thorn vines, right. actually choked out the uh, shrub, and it died. And I'm talking about the roots on this vine were massive. And so we're we're digging them up. Well, he's digging them up, and I'm watching, and I'm talking to him. And I said, you know what? It reminds me of that parable when Jesus talked about how the Word of God is the good seed that's planted, but the enemy comes to 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 sow these weeds and things that, that will choke out the word. And I did that to try to kind of open up spiritual conversation. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it kind of died. And I left it alone. I, I didn't want to, like, force it. But I tried to open it up. But I think that's the thing is just, like you said, just try to try to open up the spiritual conversation and see if they... If they if they want to talk about the Lord, sometimes it's not about being bold. It's just talk about it. Just do it. Yeah. Know? So, I mean, what's your what is what's one of your methods? Well, you know, I've I've been in a lot of places and uh, done a lot of things, and I even this has been several years ago. We've sat down at a bar. Then you thinking, well, what are they doing? Drinking in there? Well, they they might have been drinking a little bit, but we talk more about Jesus in that bar than we did anything. Mm-hmm. Wasn't scared. I mean, people's got faith. I mean, they, you know, I mean, w- several different places, man. I remember uh, uh, 
place in uh me and a buddy of mine. His name is uh his name was uh Benji Adair. And he was a wrestler and he used to wrestle for me, really great guy. And uh he called me up one day and he said, Man, I want you to go to Silicago with me. He said, I want you to be my manager and I said, I'll go. He said, They're doing Christian wrestling up there at the church. And uh, I want my kids, you know, I want the kids, I guess, at the church, the youth, to see what he did. And he wanted to help the kids up there. So we went up there, and uh, we did it two times. And the last time, I wasn't able to go because I had something go on. And uh, that night, The next morning, I tried calling him and calling him and calling him. And then the next night, not the next night, but that night, his wife called me and told me he had passed. He had took some pain pills. I guess he was going through some depression or something, and Mm. nobody ever knew it. And it was uh, really sad, you know, I mean, because we did stuff four or five times and really enjoyed it and raised a lot of money for the youth up there. But uh, the last time I went back, they did a memorial to him, and they put me in the battle royal, and I won, and I kind of got to, kind of got to tell my testimony, and that was pretty powerful and pretty cool. That was probably the coolest place I've told my testimony, and it was rough getting going at first, but then once I got going, it wasn't no big deal. I mean, I shared I shared faith everywhere, man. Everything I do. If you see my cooking videos, I talk about it. I talk to people about it in the weirdest places. I'm not ashamed of it, you know, and we shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be sitting here thinking, well, what what should I say? What should I do? You know, just do it. I mean, people have had experiences with faith. And it might not be going to a church. It might not be going to a Bible study. You know, everybody's experienced God in some shape or form. And there's some people that do get hurt by it. But you know what? That's people. That's not the church. And that's not God. Well, talk to it. Let's talk about how do you, I mean, for a lot of people, you know, people will have conversations that revolve around, you know, their life. How do you how do you break through to talking well, about the spiritual things? What I do, man, things? is I'm just myself, and you know, like we're sitting here, you know, just just say you're, just say we're out and about, we're eating at a restaurant. You're sitting there, your waiter coming over. How you doing? Doing great, man. God bless you. Right. And they might come back and say, God bless you too. You know, and just tell them, hey, God loves you right where you are, no matter what's going on. Yeah, you just, just carry, tell I them. mean, you just carry on a conversation. And if they they shut it up, you just uh, keep rolling a little bit, and maybe eventually they'll open up, you know. I mean, I have not run across nobody that don't say no. You know, I've sat at the casino and we tumped over here and talked to a lady one day, several about a year and a half for two years ago, we talked about Jesus for 30 minutes or an hour Yeah, on a slot machine. Right. It don't matter what you're doing, where you're at or whatever. 
people know Jesus. You know? Yeah, and you know, I mean, when you when you look at the the ministry of Jesus and the conversations that he had with people, he I mean, he would just he was not afraid to be bold. He was not he was bold, but he would I mean, he would he would ask hard questions to people. Here's he was not thing. afraid to ask yeah, hard questions. He was not thing. afraid to he was he had boldness. He was not afraid to go deeper than the surface. And that's I think a, pro- a problem with a lot of us is we're afraid to go deeper than the surface, but we need right here like I love verse 14. It says because of my imprisonment a lot of these folks have become confident in the Lord and they are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And that's what we need. We need confidence right. in the Lord and what he wants to do through us and we need boldness. You know, there there's a country song by Red Allen called Beer and Jesus. Beer and Jesus sounds like a country and, song. And and it's not a Christian song. Well, it's it's not on Christian radio or nothing like that, but if you really sit back and listen to the lyrics and you really dive deep into the song, what if what if Jesus has been to some place and somewhere in our life it's some dark place or any place and we've talked to him, you know. It don't matter where you're at because if God come back today, he's not coming to the church. His people are saved. His people are saved. He's going to reach the people that don't know Jesus. That's where he'll be. He'll be down here at the bars and he'll be in the drug neighborhoods reaching the reaching the lost. I yeah, mean, he he well, I mean <laughs> that's his people. When you talk that's his when you people. read the ministry of Jesus, he was constantly like getting on to the he was constantly calling out the right. sin of the religious leaders who missed the kingdom of God and actually crucified him. He said cuz they thought they didn't have a need for repentance. They thought they were good because of who they were and their their lineage and the the religious laws that they've done where he said to them, "I've not come for the for the well, I've come for the sick. Now, I do think he'd come to church and kick down the doors of the people that's not teaching and preaching like they, they should be. Well, hey, who, who, are, who are we to judge on that? Well, you know? we should judge on, uh, keep a close watch on the teaching. I mean, down here in um, verse 15 through through 18, he, he does acknowledge the fact that some are, I don't know if he's being sarcastic, I don't know if he's saying... Some, this is interesting, but it says some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. That's kind of interesting way of wording that. But others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So maybe they're just mocking him is what he's saying. But then he says at the end, but... Whatever their motive, um, their method of heart is, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And so, yeah, I mean, it is important that 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 text is not directly saying that to keep right. a close watch on the teaching. But every single letter in the New Testament tells well, us to you keep know, a it's close like, watch um, on the teaching. But he's saying, "I'm rejoicing." I mean, this one is specifically he's saying. I'm rejoicing that Christ is proclaimed. It's like a couple, 
I can't remember when it was, but it was when these news people went up and asked uh, some ministers why do they need a, a big private jet and you know and all that stuff. You know, why couldn't they get in their car and just go preach here and preach there and do that? But some of these guys, they preach. I'm not just talking from one. I'm talking from coast to coast. And you know commercial flights, you know how they are. If you got a speaking engagement or something and you get on a flight, if you've ever been, and uh, you get to your second, let's say we're flying from here to Atlanta and Atlanta to Georgia, Atlanta to Tennessee, Atlanta to uh, California, how about that? Because that'd be too close. And you get there and your flight, you know, you land here at 1130 and you and you take off at one and they could possibly say, Hey, due to some kind of engine turbulence or, or weather or whatever, the flight will be delayed for two or three hours. And you go over here to this other terminal and you have to wait two or three hours. That's why a lot of ministers have got little private planes and, you know, or whatever for their ministry is so they can take all the entourage, you know, because the, they have people around them, you know, people that work for them that sell their books sell their merchandise that you know make sure that he don't have nothing to worry about he just gets up there and does his thing and then they go home at the end of the night or they might jump and go to somewhere else that's why they got private planes because it's not feasible for them in cars i mean you know same thing with musicians they get in a lot of airplanes and then you know they take off a lot of people use private service because they can do a lot more. Yeah. The, well, having stuff is... It, and then it's they amoral. Say, then it's, they say, well, you I know, mean, you use it for... You use this ministry for... And it's like the devil attacked them. You use, you use this ministry so you can have a tax-free lifestyle. Man, you don't know what... You don't know how many lives this dude saved. You don't know how much he's sowing seed into this ministry. There's a guy in... Uh, Toggleville, Alabama, named Matt Gray. Great man. He was the Hells Angels. He started a thing called Cannon Land. Cannon Land is for young men that are that are in trouble with drugs, alcohol, or whatever. And you have to send them a letter. They come talk to you. And what they do is they bring you in. It's a Marine Corps boot camp for Jesus. And you're constantly in the Word every day. You got rules just like Marines, and they got people there that that's what they do. There was a guy there, man. He's he's dead and gone now, but he was a Hells Angels, and he was big up in the Hells Angels. And uh, he got a hit job to go to uh, go to Canada and shoot this dude. He rode up on the motorcycle. He shot the dude, took off. And as a guy got shot, he was praying for him to get saved. Long story oh short, he got saved and all that. And he had a speaking engagement with this guy. And he got nervous because he thought he would be mad at him. And he went to the speaking engagement, and the guy told him, so when you shot me, I prayed for you that you would find Jesus. Hmm. At the weirdest place, this guy, he takes young men and he mentors them up and puts them back out in the world with Jesus. And uh, 
I remember as a kid, he used to come to school because he used to have a real lion, a real tiger. He'd come speak at the schools, and he had a tiger. I mean, that soaker was big on the chain. But uh, they do a lot of good stuff up there, and there's a lot of pastors like Kenneth Copeland, uh, Dean Sykes, uh, Jesse, Jesse Waters. They all donate. I'm talking not fifty hundred thousand dollars to this place up there for these men to go experience Jesus, hmm. change their lives. I have five friends of mine that come out of there that are doing stuff for God now. Right. And I've seen it work. You just, if God calls you to do something like he did with him, man. got to trust God, man. You got to be trust led by him, the man, spirit. I mean, one of these guys was the biggest drug dealer in Tampa. I mean, and they was just troubled people, lost kids. They didn't know nobody. You know, some of them's fathers walked out of them, hmm. didn't care nothing about them, you know, hmm. and they was just living a hellish life, man. And, yeah. you know, if you got a purpose and they, and they just needed some guidance, somebody that believed in them and sowed that seed and planted it in them, man. Paul was in prison. What's your situation, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, whether you had, you know, whether you have, you know, some sort of abuse, whether you have had addiction, whether you had fatherlessness, you know, whether you um, had abandonment, um, whether you are having financial problems, emotional problems, marital problems, kid problems, um, whether you just got laid off, whether you just got sick. Um, whether God is, you know, is you, you've moved, whether, whatever your situation, whether you're in prison like Paul, well, you know, God wants to use your situation for the advancement of his kingdom. And he is, Jesus is on the throne. Think about what, think about this. Everybody's got a testimony. Everybody's testimony Mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. God surrounded himself with people. That was sinful people. That was very bad people. Tax collectors, killers, adulteresses. He never surrounded himself with the perfect people. He always wanted Because there are none. There are none. He wanted the people. I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to kind of mentor him and mold him and make him a disciple. Mm -hmm. God gave us the tools. He showed us what he could do. And the people he had, and everybody in that Bible, you should be able to relate to a a Job, a Matthew, Luke, or whatever. You should be able to relate to somebody in the Bible, Peter. You know, and that's why, you know, it's like testimonies. There's guys from all walks of life. There was a guy that his name is Michael Franzini. He's a mob. He was the top five mobster bosses. They predicted him to spend the rest of his life in prison. He is now one of the biggest motivational Chris, Christian speakers because some guard, some guy was a guard at the federal prison just started dropping off Bibles, mm. literature. He started yeah. reading it, got saved in while he was in prison, and then him and the guard become good friends and asked him why didn't he go out and speak and be a motivational speaker. 
and tell his testimony, and he did. I mean, you can go find him on YouTube, and you'll see him a lot on Netflix series now because the mob was so closed doors. Now the mob is more open, so you'll see him talk more mob stuff. But, you know, it's everybody has got a story. Everybody's got a testimony, just like this man right here. He had a testimony, Paul being in prison. Yeah. God showed us that if you believe in him, you stay strong, you steadfast, and you believe in him. Yeah. No matter where yeah. you're at, no matter what you're doing, we should always be sharing the gospel. And it's all about faith. Like you just said, belief. What we have to do is we have to have place our faith in God and say, Holy Spirit, you know what? Every one of us listening, if you've been born again, if you've repented, confessed your sins, believed in Jesus, you've been born again to a living hope. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been given a mission. And as we go about our days, we need to constantly submit to the Holy Spirit. Right. We need to pray and say, you know. pray and look for ways to share the gospel and look for ways to encourage people you know, in their faith. If, if, if God, it's just like God, if he lays something on your heart, do it. You know, it's like Tony Robbins. He's a big motivational speaker. He believes in positivity. And uh, you you might not like Tony Robbins because of his mouth sometimes. He does like to cuss a lot. But if you really go listen to him and and listen to his positivity, uh, he tells one story about when he was a young man coming out of college. He said that uh, he had his last $10, and he was going down this buffet. I guess it was all-you-could-eat buffet-type deal and get his belly full. Well, he's seen this little kid come in, and the kid talked to him and said, hey, I'm taking my mama to to uh, lunch or dinner today. And he said, really? He said, uh, "He said I'm going to give you the money to pay for. He said he, he barely, he didn't eat nothing. He just, the joy out of giving that kid the money to take his mama to dinner. Well, when he got home, he checked his mail. He had a guy that he loaned a thousand or five hundred dollars to, and uh, he didn't worry about it, didn't pray about it, just walked on home. And when he got home, he checked his mail, and that check was there. That guy had owed him some money. Just goes to show you, if you do good things for good people, good works come back to you. You know, you got to stay positive, and no matter what you're doing, I mean, you might feel like. Just like Paul down there in that prison, he, you know, he just he could have sat there and moped, cried, and said, "Well, well, well, here I am. I'm in hell. I did this, blah blah blah." And he could have just sat back and not did nothing, but he's sitting there telling everybody about Jesus Christ. And, you know, and they, some of them probably said, "Man, this guy's crazy. I don't want to hear it. I just know he done fell off his rocker. He done fell off the rock." But they're still listening to him, and they're they're getting. It's kind of like he's just sowing a little seed, and then every day. And most of them got saved, it said. Right, right. Over, you know, I mean, they did. I mean, they kept listening, kept listening, kept getting more hungry, more hungry. And, uh, you know, then they started getting saved. You know, it probably just didn't happen. Hey, I'm going to get saved today. You know, you got to plant that seed. 
And it's like your guy you was talking about trimming the hedges. Kind of get a little nervous. You get a little hesitant. Start sweating probably. Like, what do I say? What do I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> I tried to open it up. Just to say, man. just didn't All say you got to do, man, is say. I could have kept going. I could have yeah, pressed you, you should have just kept going, man. Just saying God loves you, man. I mean, just come up with something. But I want to go back. I love that you shared positive from Tony Robbins. And I love that you brought that up. We, we brought it up at the beginning of the show as well. But I wanted to note that because I wanted to draw a distinction between positive thinking and kingdom thinking. Right. So what we're called to, yes, we should be positive, but we have to be sure we're positive, not in our own self or not right. in some mystical, like if we do good, good will come back to around to us. Right. We have to be positive and hopeful in the kingdom of God. Well, that's what he said and too. He said, there why, was a, he said there was yeah. a higher spirit above him. That's what he said. Okay. Well, I don't know what he believes, but what we believe is that Jesus Christ rules and right. he is the authority. And the reason Paul writes that he rejoices throughout the book of Philippians is because the kingdom of God is not bound by right. prison. You can't kill the kingdom of God. And Paul's saying, in that I rejoice. So listen, uh, so you and I, Robert, and, and to the listener, whatever your situation is, Rejoice in the Lord. And I'm not saying force a smile on your face or force yourself to be happy about things that are sad because there's some people, even in our church, that have some really, 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 really sad circumstances right now. But what I am they saying They do, but the one thing the one thing of it the one thing of it is they do. But I'm gonna tell you like this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're doing. Always keep your head above water and believe in Jesus Christ. There's some people in this church, yes, they're hurting. But you know what? Their faith is so strong. Look at, I mean, I'm going to use this. Look at Carrie Ward. Yeah, we talked about her on the last episode. Yeah, she's... Look yeah, at how yeah, a- strong and positive. I mean, it's just... You you just can't say enough. Just you know, somebody said the other day, it's like you take two steps back, or two mm-hmm. steps forward, and you take three steps back. But it's so positive, man. I mean, all I can tell you, man, is, is just keep your faith in it. And don't give up, man. And and keep talking about Jesus, man. Keep keep talking about Jesus, and keep your eyes focused on Jesus, and. <laughs> we know this we, throughout the New Testament, throughout the Bible, it tells us that the character of God is formed in us through trials. But the topic of this episode is evangelism, share the gospel. So, hey, you know, believer, Robert, you and I, let's be encouraged, let's be emboldened, let's pray for boldness to and look for people who God's working in, who God is drawing, who Jesus is drawing to himself, and let's have boldness and let's, let's ignore, you know, not ignore, but don't be controlled by fear, but be controlled by faith. It says well, in 2 know, Timothy 1, like, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And we got to share the message with our words. It's like this, this Sunday, the service was giving. We got to give more. And I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about we got to do more and we got to give more. Like you said, there's people's hurting. There's things we can do to make it better, you know. You know, sometimes, you know, 
the meal train thing. That's the simplest little thing. But you know, I'm going to use this as an example. Larry Brewer, and I mean, his father passed away. R- really great guy, and I love this guy to death. I mean, he's he's really took me up under his wing. His dad passed away. And he's not the type of person that'll ask or want anything. You know, it's just it. And took him food, man, and told me he loved me. And it's just like, simplest thing is, as giving him a meal. Just excited him, man. I mean, it's just, it's not about money. It's just about doing things, about stepping out in faith. We can't be scared to try different things. Sometimes you got to, if somebody's hurting, you got to find a way. You got to find a wheel. And as Nike says, you just got to do it, man. It can be the littlest, simplest thing. I mean, you know, you can't give up. I mean, we all got to continue giving financially, emotionally, helping people instead of being a person that always kicks the can on down the road. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that like that. They want to kick the can on down the road and make you feel 10 feet lower. But you can't do that. You got to help them any way you can. You know, I mean, it's just, we got to do it, man. No matter what it is, if it's helping the youth raise money to go to these camps or kids going to camps or we, or this person's sick or whatever, we just got to do it, man. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, like in our Bibles, in our Bible school class, we talked about, you know, you know, what can we do to help the wards out and and help everybody? You know, the meal trains are great, but, you know, the biggest thing probably for them is financial, you know, because you imagine going back to Montgomery three or four times a day or two times a day, how stressful that would be. And, you know, gas ain't cheap, you know. So sometimes it's the meal trains are great, but, hey, you know, we helped them out financially. Did two great fundraisers. Uh, I think we raised around six hundred. It was five to six hundred and fifty bucks somewhere along in there. I mean, and that's a lot of gas right now. The way the economy is. Yeah. Well, Robert, thanks for the conversation today, brother. I really appreciate it. And I really it's appreciate encouraged you, my man. heart, and uh, we hope that it's encouraged you guys today. And as always, it's our prayer and hope that this show would serve to encourage your faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll see you next week. Next week we'll be on Philippians 1, verses 19 through something. But we'll be we'll be continuing to talk about the book of Philippians. All right, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. And just remember, like Nike said, just, just do, do it. it. <laughs>